Welcome back to Afterburner, the Project Boom podcast. I'm Allison Gundrum, a senior at Mount Horeb High School, a systems integration team member, and the producer of Afterburner. On this week's episode, we discuss some of the first in-person work going into our aircraft as we work to get our foam model in the air, go in-depth on avionics testing, and hear Kushbu Patel, an engineer at Relativity Space, tell her story. For all this and more, stay tuned for this week's episode of Afterburner. Welcome back to Afterburner. I'm your host, Shiva Valbanani, a senior in aerospace engineering from Purdue University, focusing on dynamics and controls, as well as propulsion. And with me today is Minos Park. Minos is our avionics lead, but here at Project Boom, we call him the wizard because he gets things done and makes things happen so fast, it's practically magic. So Minos just graduated from the University of California, Berkeley, and is currently pursuing uh, to st- and starting a career and also looking into some startup ideas. Minos, you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, next time, Shiva, <laughs> <laughs> on that note. Uh, but I am looking for starting a career in software engineering field uh, as of now. Uh, aerospace is uh, some, something that I am very interested in. Uh, right now, um, I am not ready to jump into that field yet, so I am looking uh, to further develop upon my previous experience, which was more uh, software engineering related field. Yeah, I don't know uh, if I want to put that in actually. But do anyways. you want to do software engineering? What's your What's your like? I, I if you like had to that, choose, like, what is the ultimate goal record. one day? Well, eventually, I want to have a chance to work on like realizing my ideas start to finish, like uh, idea conception to actually pursuing it and realizing it and making it available to people and getting feedback from the world, whether or not my idea is uh, shit or not. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, well, I guess we can't say shit, uh, <laughs> whether or not my idea is uh, good or not. And I think it is a very valuable, um, I think most people call this entrepreneurship and I do air quotes because uh, that word gets used a lot. And I, uh, if the opportunity comes, I, I like to jump on it. I think you'd be really good. Um, but getting more into the Project Boom side of things, we have a few updates for you. And if you've been following us on LinkedIn or Instagram or even Twitter, we have been updating you guys on our foam model aircraft. So we've been developing this foam model in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where Man and who's our propulsion engineer, Cole Replogle, who's our chief engineer, um, Jonathan Burgess, who is an aerodynamics engineer, and even Colin Watson, uh, they all met up last weekend in Stillwater, Oklahoma to work on this foam model and got a chance to meet each other and some, some of them for the first time while me and Minos and Jake Compton, our integration lead, are, are stuck here in various parts of the country just watching them through a video. But it was really, really fun seeing that foam model being developed. Not to forget our uh, StaffCon lead, Skylar Jacobs, who was there as well. They did a great work. Uh, the foam model, looking at the pictures, um, I know this is a medium where images are not available, uh, but it looked amazing. Um, Jonathan is hardworking on uh, sanding it down, and it honestly looks almost like a cake. Right, yeah. And one thing, the reason why we are doing this foam model more than anything, and we touched on this a little bit in the past, but 
more than anything, this really shows our capability to develop an aircraft, right? From start to finish, manufacturing it. And while it's not the final product, having something that can fly and land and do all the things that we wanted to do is really cool. And Minos, you are actually going to go out to Oklahoma, right? Yeah, um, I will join the team um, trying to do an autonomous pilot flight, uh, autopilot flight, um, uh, sometime during end of the September or early October, depending on our schedule. Uh, but for that, our phone model needs to be built and a manual pilot uh, must first fly the vehicle and sort of get the feel of whether the vehicle is stable or not. We could think about it, we could do simulations on it as much as we want, but actually flying the thing uh, with a pilot uh, will also tell us a valuable information on the stability of the vehicle. And I think um, once we know that, uh, it'll be a smooth, hopefully a smooth sail uh, to test the autopilot uh, system on that phone model. Yeah, that's super, super cool. I'm really excited to see what comes out of that. But more than that, this phone model is really leading up to a promotional campaign that we're launching at the end of September. So right now I'm working on t-shirt designs, hats, and a lot of different merch. Um, our integration lead, Jake Compton, really, really, really wants me to design uh, crop tops. But I'm sorry, Jake, maybe another time. But we're really excited to roll out that merch in the next few weeks. And everyone listening to this podcast will be able to help us out and get merch through our Indiegogo campaign that will be launching very soon. I think, um, don't quote me on this, but I think our Jake, our, our lead Jake said, uh, if we get 100 likes or 100 uh, orders, maybe, uh, he's going to post the photo of himself wearing the tank, uh, crop top. All right. Well, that's some awesome incentive for people to get some of that merch. <laughs> In terms of the other sub teams, Propulsion is continuing to work on our afterburner design, inlet design. Integration is working on how are we going to take off and land, and we're going to have a lot more updates on that very, very soon. Structures is continuing to work on determining the maximum structural loads and the manufacturing process. Stapcon is also continuing to work with the aero team to develop our control surfaces. That's all the updates we have for you guys right now. Coming right up, we have a very special guest. So fasten your seatbelts. It's time for liftoff. As a student-led initiative attempting a task that has never been accomplished, it is important that we tell the story of this incredible project from the start. A group of highly motivated kids from all over the world facing more than one barrier. The sound barrier is just the destination. This is The Journey. Welcome to Afterburner. Alright guys. Today we have Kushbu Patel joining us on the show. Kushbu is an avionics hardware in the loop engineer currently working at Relativity Space, which is an aerospace company working to automate aerospace manufacturing by integrating intelligent robotics, software, 
and proprietary 3D printing technology. Kushbu went to Virgin Orbit in 2016 to lead the development and execution of the hardware in the loop hardware and software for rocket controls as an avionics simulations engineer. Graduating from the University of Texas at Austin with a Bachelor's of Science in Aerospace, Aeronautical and Astronautical Engineering, Kushbu started with an internship at Odyssey Space Research, working on software in the loop systems for spacecraft like SpaceX's Dragon Capsule. And as an engineer with experience working on some of the coolest new aerospace startups like Virgin Orbit and Relativity Space, we are excited to pick her brain today on avionics and controls, as well as learning about her struggles and successes as a respected engineering professional. Kushbu, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here. All right, so before we get into it, I wanted to ask how you found out about Project Boom and what were your ex expectations uh, going into our town hall uh, with AIAA? Sure. So um, I'm going to start talking about like how I heard about Project Boom, and that was I recently became the sound chair for uh, AIAA. So for those that don't know what AIAA stands for, it's American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics. So I went to the first meeting and immediately got elected as STEM chair. And um, one of my co-chairs, Aldo, he, um, I believe he is the uh, advisor on Project Boom as well, told me a little bit more about your project and invited me to attend the design review. So going into the design review, I personally thought it was just a small university project. Um, I, I honestly didn't know anything about Project Boom going in. Um, except that it was a uni university project. And honestly, like listening in, I am so impressed by the team of this project. They are international and they have students ranging from freshmen through senior and young professionals. Super incredible to see like how they communicate, even if they're in different time zones in different parts of the world. And that was very inspiring and motivating to myself. Um, I've led many student projects before, and I was also a um, member of a lot of student projects, and they were just like smaller university scaled. And we had, you know, communication issues like every other team, but to see this much progress being made by, in such a short time by an international team was incredible and super impressive. And I have reached out to some of the team members on Project Boom and asked them if they needed any help so I could provide them any insight on at least the avionics subsystem since um, I know more about that than other parts of their project. And it's been super incredible working with Minos and learning more about Project Boom. And I just want to say you guys are doing great. And I wish you guys nothing but success. Thank you so much. And I'll definitely say one of the things that makes communicating easier is that my internal clock is already on California time. So if I need to ask Minos a question, I'll just, I'll just, it'll be like 3 a.m. and I'll say, hey dude, are you up? Yeah. I think the communication is made a lot easier during the COVID times as well, since everyone can like easily get on Zoom or phone call or text versus like before when you're always out and about. So I'm sure that also has a little bit of leverage as well. Yeah. And I think one thing um, we usually ask all of our guests as they come on the show is how did you become an engineer? And I'll say I feel like every engineer has their own journey 
So tell me a little bit about yours and maybe also when you were a kid, what do you think were the factors that led you to aerospace? And I know you were showing us your Lego collection um, before we got on air. So maybe you can talk about that a little bit too. So my journey initially started off as everyone's journey. When you're little, everyone has a dream of being an astronaut or a doctor or a firefighter. Um, my dream ever since I was five years old was to be an astronaut. Um, in terms of how that dream like came about was I was watching Barney the Dinosaur. This is so embarrassing, but classic, I classic. <laughs> I don't care anymore. Um, I was watching uh, Barney the Dinosaur, and Barney went to the moon, and I knew every single line of that specific episode of Barney. And I had it on VHS, and my like, I just kept telling my parents, "Hey, play the episode that he goes to the moon." And so I just really, really loved the moon, the space, anything related to planets. And um, growing up in Houston, Texas, I had NASA Johnson Space Center practically in my backyard. So I think my parents really saw this as a positive um, that was very interested in space, astronomy, uh, math, science. And they helped me gain more knowledge in those specific fields. So I uh, was enrolled in advanced tutoring classes so I can uh, be ahead in like math and such. So um like I basically knew pre-calculus and a little bit of calculus BC by middle school. So um, I was pretty advanced in math. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> calculus by middle school? Yeah. Wow, that's insane. Was like, like a good like introductory calculus BC, I knew that. BC is like, that's after you learn regular derivatives and integrals. That's like yeah, second I, semester I was... in college at first year, you know, like stuff. <laughs> In middle um, school. <laughs> I loved math. And to be honest, like my parents like like made me memorize my multiplication timetable by like second grade. So like wow. I was pretty advanced when it came to math. Now, I may have been smart in math, but I was horrible at English, like reading comprehension. Oh my gosh, that was so bad. So like um, I, while I excelled in certain subjects, I did I didn't do that great in other stuff like reading and such. I, it was just really hard for me to retain information like when it came to comprehension. Um, but yeah, like kind of going back to the space journey, um, my first project was creating a solar system in kindergarten. I still have that project in Houston. But um, yeah, like since kindergarten through college, it was all about space. Like whenever we had to write papers or whenever I had science fairs, it was always related to math and space, like just anything space related. Um, and in high school, I think that's when my journey really took a kick. Um, I was nominated by our state legislator uh, at that time, and I was able to participate in a week-long internship at Na uh, NASA Johnson Space Center. So the program was called High School Aerospace Scholars and uh, House for short. And uh, we had a great time just like learning about systems engineering and different parts of uh, subsystem teams within like a major project and like what it took to um, go from planning all the way through execution. So it was a great experience. Um, got to tour a lot of private areas of uh, JSC or Johnson Space Center. And it was incredible. And I just felt even more inspired. Um, and then let's see, in senior year, so, junior So taking a step back there, it sounds to me like you're one of those people who 
was like, this is the thing that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And you just kind of intrinsically knew that. So now that I'm older and I like during this COVID time, I've had so much time to reflect and um, kind of see where I am and predict and also plan for my future. And looking back at that beginning portion of my journey, I, I am humbled and blessed. I would say Um, I also think it's a coincidence and I think some people might find this a little funny, but like kind of like dumb that I'm thinking of it as a dumb thing, but my birthday's December 17th. The Wright brothers flew the first airplane on December 17th. So I, and like ever since I was little, I only cared about space. So I just feel like, I don't know that I was born on this planet to help people like help advance humanity's footprint into the universe um some so astrology that, really, le- some uh, astrology level stuff going. little <laughs> astrology right there yeah i'm a sagittarius so like i'm a very i'm an overthinker as well so i'm just like oh like why am i here and i i just tell myself like you know like you're here for a purpose and my purpose is to help advance humanity into space so um that's i only cared about being an aerospace engineer slash astronaut i haven't looked at any other careers Maybe neurology, like I wanted to be a neurologist for a little bit, um, just because like I was always thinking and I was always asking questions. I just wanted to know how does this brain work? Why am I thinking certain things? Why, why do I have this um, urge to do something? Like, and why am I so passionate? And I just wanted to study that and like help people um, like with any issues with like with their brain. So that was like my backup career, but I think aerospace has been working out pretty well. Dang, so the astronaut part hasn't really worked out yet. Yet, keyword yet. I'm still trying really hard. At least like I did apply for the program like a few years ago. Of course, like I was not even like in the proper age group. I just wanted to like keep applying and see what the application process was like. Um, there are, like, with current NASA requirements and guidelines, there are some requirements I don't meet. For example, I have the worst vision on this planet Earth. Um, I have a lot of astigmatism, and if I take my glasses off, like, I, I'm i practically blind. So um, that's, that's a side, that's one requirement I can't meet, and that's a very important requirement to me. And the second requirement is you have to be taller than five two and i'm actually five one and a half so um Uh, hopefully like nasa you know kind of mellows that that specific requirement a little bit and i can hopefully go to space hey i mean if you if you do get to space you'll stretch out anyways for real like (laughs) you know gravity right yeah hopefully hopefully get that extra half inch that i need um but yeah like i i'm not going to stop and like I said, during COVID times, I've had so much time to reflect. And in the past, like, I think I have put that dream of being an astronaut in the back pocket and just like focused on aerospace, like as a career. And I, I thought about it this break, or this whole entire time. And I'm like, you know what, like, I don't care what the NASA requirements are right now, I'm going to still fight and try. I'm working on my pilot's license, I'm working on um, getting comfortable with scuba diving. I'm trying to get like, I I haven't applied yet, but I'd, I'd like to, I'm looking at different master's programs around and I'm learning different languages and I'm really trying hard to like do, like it makes me happy. Like this whole journey makes me really happy. And 
it's honestly got me through COVID, to be honest. Wow. So you're, I, well, I'm really interested in, I guess, seeing all the passion that you have for the very, the multiple things. And just getting a pilot's license itself is a very difficult task. Scuba diving, like I could not even, you know, I don't know if I don't, I don't even know if I can swim. Um, but I think when, let me frame that this in this question in a different way. You, I think, have a very focused and driven like passion to get through and do something and accomplish the things that you set yourself out to do. Was there ever a time where you were really struggling in school or on or on this path? And what advice would you have for students going through something similar? I'm going to try not to get emotional during this part. Really going to try. Um, the journey was not easy. And to begin with, I'm the first generation American in my family. Um, my parents were both raised and brought up in India and they moved here in their like late twenties, but they still had a little bit of, when it came to careers for, and like, you know, what they expected from their kids, it was a little bit on the traditional side. And I know that from experience. <laughs> so like, you know, my parents wanted me to go like be in that sort of comfortable role of like going to medical or business or law. And that's not something I wanted to do. Like I knew I wanted to be an aerospace engineer, right? Like we already talked about since age five, like no joke. And I, when it came time to apply for schools when I was in senior year of high school, um, I did get a lot of pushback from my uncles, um, especially on my dad's and also my mom's side too. Um, they're all in uh, like electrical engineering, software engineering slash IT. And they were just, they would always tell me like, you know, aerospace, it's it's very cyclical in terms of like hiring. Um, like you might not find, you might not get a job easily or uh, like, you know, just stick to medical, stick to like, you know, what, what you know that like you'll always have a role in and like where it'll be more accepting. And, you know, it, it really, it did bring me down because it was also like my family telling me this. And also I had a f like few people, like classmates, I'm going to call them. I'm not, I can't, I don't know if I can call them friends really at this point, but, or at that time, but um, you know, they would always tell me like you aerospace engineer now, nah, like, I don't think, you know, no, that's not going to work out. And that, hence why I'm like, I'm just going to call them classmates. But like, you know, you, you have people, your own peers putting you down and not to top it off, like with my family as well. Um, my, I would have to say my dad was probably the most supportive in this whole journey. And he, like even my mom too, but she, because she's in the medical field, she also kind of pushed, wanted me to be in medical. But yeah, it was really hard in that sense. And obviously in college, like aerospace is a new, it's more on the newer side when it comes to all the fields and engineering. At least, um, when you were in college, there were, wasn't as many things as developed as right now for me being in aerospace. I agree. I would say that, so I was, I went to college 2012 to 2016. So that's when SpaceX was like probably one of the only main startups, right? Like you have Firefly Aerospace, but you don't have the amount of startup aerospace aerospace companies that we have now like you know there were there was like a couple and um and at that time like it was 
you know, SpaceX was still trying to prove itself out, right? So, like, we couldn't say that it was very, it was as established as it is now. Like, what, I don't think that's the right way to phrase it, but I hope, like, I hope. Yeah, no, I totally understand. The, the atmosphere in, or the aerospace industry as a whole was literally based in legacy companies, right? There was no SpaceX, there was no Blue Origin, there was no ABL space systems or Relativity Space or Virgin Orbit, none of that was there. There was just... Were, and if they were around, they were very, very small where like they were too early in the R&D program. So, um, so yeah, there was like different pushbacks, like family, your peers, um, just like the overall atmosphere of aerospace engineering. And like I said, because I knew what I wanted to do, I still charged along. Um, I really tried hard not to let it get to me and it did. Like, I'm not going to lie. It got to me um, quite a bit, especially my sophomore year of college where there was just a lot of backlash. Um, and I'm not going to deny that it didn't affect my mental health. It did. Um, but, you know, you just have to remember what drives you and what you're passionate about and pick yourself back up. Because um, at the end of the day, you're the only one who has your own back and can pick yourself back up and follow your dreams and make your dreams come true. So, um, and now, especially when I got my first job, like I, I got, I landed my first role when I was, I was senior in college and um, it was April. It was a month before graduating. And I think it was probably the happiest day of my life because I knew it was my first role. It was my role at Virgin Orbit. That was my first big gig. And I think that's when I felt like, I'm here and it's the journey's just getting started. Like, and that's when the classmates that would tell that had told me before that, Oh, you can't do it. The family that had told me, no, don't do it. You're a female. Like you're not going to be in, like you, like this is not the right role. They were all congratulating me. And now like, at least my family, they always like tell other, their friends and family like, Oh, I have a niece who's an aerospace engineer. Um, and I guess it became a really big deal, especially because I am the first female engineer, both sides of my family. So, um, and I try to teach my nieces and nephews that like, you know, STEM is important. Engineering is very important, especially during times like these. We're in the age of innovation, pure innovation. So um, really pushing STEM and STEAM as well. But um, right. I can definitely relate. Um, my sophomore year, for example, I pretty much almost quit aerospace. It wasn't until I went to, I did really bad. I was like, man, I don't know if I can do this. And went to Kennedy Space Center with my parents and my sister. We already had everything planned, right? So once you get to Kennedy and I'm standing there in front of the Saturn V and we go to the gift shop and there's this NASA bomber that's there. It's like $200. And my parents are like, yeah, you want to get it? And I'm like, no, I don't know if I'm going to do aerospace. Like, um, and I can definitely relate. So what for me, the moment that I was like, this is what I'm going to do is when I bought that jacket. Because spending $200 on a jacket was the most expensive piece of clothing I've ever had. But it was a thing that reaffirmed me saying, you're going to get through this. Was there a moment like that for you? Yes. So when you mentioned bomber jacket from Kennedy Space Center, um, 
for me, like, uh, it was more about just being on campus. Um, I, the soft, my sophomore year when I hit my rock bottom, um, I did, I'm not embarrassed to share the story because I want to remove that mental health stigma. Whenever you talk about anxiety, whenever you talk about depression, there's always that negative stigma. And I'm really working on showing people that everyone goes through it, whether you admit it or not. Um, I did go through anxiety. I have been through depression. Um, and I'm not really going to talk too much about that. I think that's just a little bit too personal, but, um, there was, I, I did go back to campus a little earlier before school started my junior year, uh, just to reflect and just to like accept that, you know, I need to keep passing the past and really focus on my goals and my career. And I would walk around the aerospace building and I, I just, we, it was a four story building, um, WRW, that's the. I forgot what the full um, name of the building is, but that was the aerospace building. And I just walked every floor and um, on the walls, there's posters. And I, I just looked at all the posters. I read it. And I like, while I'm telling you guys the story, I can picture this building and I can picture myself walking through it. But I just, I just went and saw all the pictures of posters and I'm like, this is what I need to do. Like I, I, want there's so many intelligent brilliant people that have brought aerospace to where it's at right now but i want to help take it even further out i'm not going to let anything get in my way and if if things get in my way i will overcome those obstacles and there's also a couple books that i read um a man on the moon by andrew chalkin i think that's how you pronounce his name i apologize if that's the incorrect pronunciation but a man on the moon it's um a book that talks about the Gemini program, the Mercury program, all the way through the Apollo program. Um, and it honestly is the most inspiring book. And I, I have the hard copy of it. And I have the DVD set of when Tom Hanks produced uh, that book into mini, uh, mini series of like 10 episodes or so, um, which cover each chapter of that book. And it really talks about all the parts, like I mentioned of the space program and that just invigorated and like turned on that little spark I needed to just boost myself back up. So the flame was always in me. It was just in that period of time, it just had dimmed down. It's like the spark. It's like the, the spark spark that lit the fire, I guess. That's super cool. Um, wow. That's, that's super powerful. And I feel a lot of engineers and especially on this team, it's so easy to, really get in your head about things or or see oh my gosh that person is doing doing this and that and sticking to your own goals and making sure you're on you know what the things you need to do is such an important thing i i had classmates that were doing so well in all their grades right and i would get disappointed in myself saying like why am i not making an a i study just as hard too but at the same time like especially now that i've graduated and i'm you know i'm in my i my jobs and stuff like it was. It shouldn't always be about grades. It should be about just retaining it. Like, and that's another thing that, like, I know a lot of us feel really down when we see an A or a B. Well, sorry, not an A, but if you see like a B or C, you're you're happy when you see an A. Sorry, if you see a B or C or D or whatever, right? Like, you get disappointed. It's just, you know, that got to me a lot. But then you have to remind yourself, like, did I study hard? Yes. 
like and just like kind of figure out what went wrong and correct yourself right good office hours stuff like ta hours whatever um and i also was part of a lot of organizations on campus um i was part of a dance team for two years um in, during my college career so was it like a bongo team or something was it like an Indian team? No, it was it was a Bollywood yeah. fusion. So okay, um, that's cool. That's cool. The first, my first year, I joined a team, and then the second year, um, my friend and I we co-founded the team. So it just it was really fun. I love dancing. It is a real big passion of mine too. But at the end of the day, like I did notice that like I would put too much time with dancing, and I just have to I had to cut back and um, just work on my my aerospace goals. And um, not that I didn't love dancing or I didn't care. It was just I just had to reprioritize with where I was in my life at that point. Um, but yeah, it, like one thing I, I really want to put this out there. If, if you're feeling down while you're in school or even, you know, starting on your career anytime, please talk to someone. I like, I, it's easy said than done, but talk, like, confide with someone, see a therapist, see, just talk to someone. Don't bottle it. And I think one thing that I found is that most of the other students that are there with you that you think have it all together are just on the same ride. And you're on that same roller coaster. Absolutely. And coworkers. And coworkers. Um, I'm like, even right now during COVID, like in the beginning, like, yeah, I, I was anxious. I, my, I didn't have anxiety for a while and I feel like I developed anxiety again. Like, um, start of COVID and I was just very nervous about where things were headed and I was more worried because my parents are in Houston my family's in Houston my mom's in healthcare she was working with positive COVID patients like helping save their lives while risking her own life my dad was like you know he was working from home as well and he's older he has like several health issues like you know you just get nervous thinking about your parents my sister's in healthcare as well so it was it, it was all of that and then me not being able to see my family as well as like having to deal with oh my gosh like you know could i get laid off or like what if my landlord like you know just wants wants to kick me out or something like you know all these like weird thoughts going right to right and, and i think nervous. one of the this was also one of the reasons i think why colin ended up starting project boom because it gave all of us students an opportunity to do something sitting at home. And I want to transition and pivot a little bit into a more technical conversation and ask, and I know you're a very, you're a passionate person. You want, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of, um, wait, can I, uh, interject a point that Kushbu mentioned before that kind of rang with me? Uh, yeah, go for it. Um, when Kushbu mentioned this part, about um, um, you know grades all related things and sometimes you do all the classwork so you follow along but some sometimes you, you value that um, time you spend with friends or some sometimes you uh, are doing some project that's very interesting then the school components for me sometimes took backseat and that correlated to uh of course uh slightly falling behind on schedule on coursework and those things happen and and you you just sometimes have to own that fact that like yeah i prioritized this activity because i was passionate about it and you should be able to also tell 
uh, possible employers and wh whoever might question like, oh, why did you get uh, C in that class? Or why did you get B in the class instead of A? Yeah, I, I was following that class fine, but I prior decided to prioritize some other aspects of my life, not just academically. Because in engineering schools or in college in general, um, it's very uh, academically focused. Like um, you just go into that 12 units or 16 units, however units you're taking that semester, and you just like get swamped with all the coursework. Um, and many people probably will know what I'm talking about. So even while pursuing all that and pursuing your dream or pursuing your passion, like it, all that balancing, um, I think you could purely pursue the schoolwork, but what do you get in, at the end? You just have a very nice transcript. But if you had a passion for some projects, you, you your school score might have suffered, but also you could tell other people that you pursued this and you enjoyed this activity, you met a bunch of cool people, you did cool stuff, and you learned something uh, outside of school. Right, and I wanna pivot to talk about Project Boom a little more. And especially, Project Boom is that project, you know, where you're meeting cool people, you're doing cool things, and Kushboo coming into this project and talking to Minos for the first time about avionics, what were some of the biggest challenges, but what were the things that excited you? What excited me was um, working on something, like, or like just learning something different other than rockets, right? So um, y'all's project is more UAV, or it is UAV. And um, I've had a little bit of exposure to UAV in college and such, but um, just learning more about the avionics subsystem and even the other subsystems as well it was very interesting and um minos and i have had one or two conversations so far uh, on the avionics subsystem and he like just in an hour or two hour no i think it was an hour conversation just in an hour conversation i learned so much about different software packages that he's using for the subsystem that i had like known very little about and um it's so it's, it was really awesome to also learn uh, about like the progress of the avionics team and how they were already thinking ahead and um, had a very important skill set that I would say every engineer should kind of have. And that is make your life easy by doing research and finding things that are commercially available off the shelf. Um, that's a very important skill set to have when you're going into a startup because in startup, you're fast moving. Um, you, you want to innovate, you want to design, but if there's some, if there's a component that you can buy that's off the shelf and it's going to save you time and schedule and money, go for it. Right. And, um, I think the trades that he had made when, uh, like, or that his team, him and his team had made for Project Boom was pretty much on point. Like the way he was, um, saying like what went into the design process. Uh, it was, it was just like, he was thinking, in a, from a perspective of a real project, like in, in like, uh, in a, um, how do I say, how do I say it? Like outside of college, outside of university. And something that's applicable anywhere. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Something that's applicable to the real world. Absolutely. Because engineering project is not just about like, let's get the best possible thing. Let's spec out this to the maximum. And it, reiterating, reiterating. Exactly. Well, given the resource, we are doing what we, uh, you know, could best and maximize the performance without sacrificing the safety or 
even uh, per performance as well. And I want to highlight what Minos just said. That is also very important in what we do in startups. Um, I worked for two startups so far, and it's pretty much that that's the idea. That's the gist of it. Like, go scrappy for your first flight, right? Like, for your first launch. Um, because you're going to reiterate. You're going to fine-tune it, and you'll get there. Um, if you just try to perfect it in one go, A, it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of schedule, a lot of people. You're going to burn through crap. Uh, not crash. You're going to burn through <laughs> cash. We don't um, want to say the, the hopefully C word. Not crash. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully not crash. But um, yeah, like that's the, that's how you learn. You go scrappy, you reiterate, and eventually you'll get to that final product. So great skill set that I've seen Project Boom have for sure. Cool. So what would you say in terms of avionics, um, what do you think is the best strategy? Because I know, and especially talking to Minos, this, some of the things that we're doing is it's super difficult, especially taking in all the data, making sure for, with your IMU, with your inertial measurement uh, unit, is that right, Minos? Yes. That's right. And your GPS and taking in all of those those things and having that run through your flight, flight computer and really simulate how everything works. What do you think is going to be the most challenging thing? And what are some of the challenges you faced, I guess, working on avionic systems in the past with uh, either one of the startups? So I'll start off with talking about Project Boom and then I'll talk about more about uh, my like experiences and the work field. So with Project Boom, um, I would say... Right now, Minos is on the right track of, um, like it, him and I, we went over the block diagram of what the avionics subsystem looks like. And I think the questions were, how can't we safely test the avionics before we go fly? And there's different ways you can do it. We, can talk, we talked about benchtop testing, software in the loop testing, hardware in the loop testing. Um, I'm not going to go too power. much into detail. Power. I'm sorry? Oh, yeah. And, and that and power, power is power. everything. Yeah. Power is the power. Everything. The power <laughs> is everything. And if people don't understand the importance of power, please go watch Apollo 13. That's yeah. knows the same thing. I'm like, power is everything. And go watch that movie if you want to learn a bit more about why it's so important. And, but, uh, <laughs> when Kushbu says uh, Minos, it, avionics team, I, I cannot possibly be solely, you know, the person who done the work. All work is done by the uh, avionics team member who are amazing at working on uh, the project so far, producing these outputs. I just want to just mention that. Yeah, sorry. I think I've been saying Minos a lot just because I've been, he's been my point of contact, but yeah. everyone on the avionics team, y'all have been doing great, great planning, great strategy, great selection of components. I definitely want to say that great selection of components and software packages. Um, I will be working with Minos a little bit more on fine-tuning the testing side of avionics, like proper strategies on how to create test matrices and uh, creating some sort of test plan and putting together a simulation platform where we can safely test out all the avionics and we can mitigate whatever risks um, could pose on the first flight before we get to first flight. So um, that's for Project Boom. I can talk a little bit more about that, but um, before I do, I want to kind of jump to the um, experiences I've had. So for 
the experiences in the workforce. Um, I can't stress on how important testing is. Um, before, like one thing I've noticed is that sometimes we're too quick to blame a certain team or a certain component, but what we always come down to is looking at the test data or previous test data and doing all the analysis on it. And one thing you'll learn going into workforce is that there's always a very rigorous testing campaign that happens before the first launch, the first flight, et cetera. Um, there's a lot of qualification uh, acceptance testing that happens, shock, vibe, thermal, um, just engine hot firings, and like even subsets are tested like turbo pumps. Um, and if like literally every part is tested. And I think that's how the challenges and obstacles are avoided, right? Because you, you learn during a hot fires or like just um, a simulation run that, oh, like, you know, this is not how it should behave. And you go and reiterate and like you fix it. So a lot of challenges can be avoided that way, just through testing. I hope I answered your question. I also yep. kind of forgot the question. Uh, I think it was uh, why, partially why simulation or this these testings are useful. Um, Shiva, was that the question? Right, no, yes, essentially, what were the biggest hurdles in, uh, in some of the experience that you've had? So that was, that was such a good answer. Um, uh, kind of, we could segue into why simulation is useful in that sense. Uh, uh, in, in my mind, in a way, to, a way to put that is to say, by doing simulation and test runs in, in, without the first actual hardware, um, we could avoid the things that we could expect to happen because we could sort of have that in the simulation and avoid those situations that we would have uh, knowingly could have ran into. Uh, so you mitigate so many risks. You mitigate risks and you can really understand the performance of your hardware and your software and um, all the miscellaneous components by doing these simulation platforms. And there's quite a few of them out there. Um, mm -hmm. At least for avionics, we have benchtop testing, uh, ATP testing, hardware in the loop, software in the loop uh, testing. And then we go through like thermal shock vibe. And then I know propulsion has their subset of tests. So does uh, structures. I, I, I don't want to say anything incorrectly, so I'm not going to be able to say what tests they do, but um, like basically every team does do their part in testing their components. But essentially each team does their testing, right? And we're in R&D at this space, like just, you know, design, test, design, test, like just the reiteration process. All right, now each of the teams have designed their components and now we're in integration mode. Um, say we're in integration mode for engine test. So that is when we have a system level integration testing. And for system level integration testing, there's, um, there's two types of testing that we do. And this is actually my role at what I've done at Virgin and at Relativity. Uh, it's hardware in the loop testing as well as vehicle in the loop testing. So hardware in the loop testing is when you have all your components, valves, temperature sensors, pressure sensors, um, like TVCs, which are thrust, uh, thrust vector controls. Just like think of all your hardware on the table with a bunch of wires connected to everything. You have your software running. You run full nominal cases and you can also run like any failure modes. And 
through that, you can see how your, comp your hardware is behaving as well as how your software is behaving. Look at the control loop, uh, look at the latency, the jitter, um, and, and like test many aspects out for that specific um, project or that milestone. Now, all those components that I mentioned, like uh, valves, pressures, and uh, like RTDs, you're simulating those sensors. So you don't, you won't necessarily have all those real components. You can sometimes simulate it um, in software, which is hardware in the loop. But then before you go run the real test, they will go through dry runs and like dry clicking, which is also part of vehicle and the loop testing. So we go through that for like engine testing. And then we repeat the same thing for stage testing. Then you repeat the same thing for flight testing, which eventually leads up to your first flight. Wow. Okay, cool. And I'm sure when Minos flies out to Oklahoma, he's going to make sure that everything works and nothing goes up in smokes. Um, there's one thing I wanted to touch on. Um, and as we kind of wind down on our time here is if there is one thing, uh, I know we talked about a lot from your professional journey, your personal journey, and even uh, your relationship with the technical side with Project Boom, if there was something you had to impart on anyone listening to the podcast today, what would that be? So number one, if you're truly passionate about something, go get your goal. Like go do whatever it takes to reach your goal. Do not let anyone stop you. Don't let any obstacle stop you. And from my story, I hope you learned that yes, like there will be like family, friends, or just like, you know, other things, other external forces that might hinder that progress and like be little rocks in your pathway to your goal. But you have your own back, like you are your own person and you cannot let anyone tell you otherwise and you have to fight. You will feel down, but it's okay to feel down. It's okay to fail. It's okay to make bad grades. It's okay to, to um, you know, have a bad progress report, like, in your or performance review, like just show improvement. That's very important and help yourself come up. So that's point number one. Uh, point number two that I want to make is um, kind of leading to from that first point. We all go through anxiety. We all go through depression. And if you haven't, you will. And I think that's something that it's unavoidable. Please get help. Like, and by help, I mean, talk to someone just do whatever it takes to let that feeling of anxiety and depression out. Please don't let society's negative connotation of anxiety and depression get the best of you. And point number three, um, there's not many engineers out there when you really think about it compared to any other profession. And it's very important to like inspire and motivate young kids about STEM. And, um, Another thing that I've been doing during COVID is that like, I've always loved to volunteer. I volunteered way too much in high school. No, I wish I volunteered more in college, but with everything happening in life, like I couldn't. And I wanted to take this time and give back to my community, which is why I joined AIAA, as well as um, other organizations within even my own company. I'm part of the outreach committee. Um, and I'm really trying to help mentor kids and inspire kids to understand what STEM is and have there's so many careers in STEM. It's not just engineering. 
you could have an art career, you could have a, like, there, there's just so many career options in STEM. So please inspire your friends, your, um, you know, your friends, kids, or like just kids in general, just inspire them. It hurts my heart when I see kids um, not understanding the true meaning of STEM and they drop out of school or, you know, they drop out of college, uh, emphasize the importance of education and STEM. Uh, and, you know, that can really help progress our humanity in a more positive direction. That leads me into my final question for today. Where can the audience find you on the internet? Sure. So I honestly just made Instagram during COVID. So, um, I, but I do message. I don't post, I haven't posted anything, but I, I do message people here and there. So my Instagram is at Kabu Patel. So K-B-U-P-A-T-E-L underscore. So that's my Instagram handle. LinkedIn is a great way to reach out to me. Um, my LinkedIn is at Kishbu Patel as well as like the, um, the search handle is KBU Patel. Um, please like reach out to me for any advice, any career advice. If you just need to talk, I'm always there. Confidentiality for sure. Um, let's see what else. Just those two. I don't really cool. have Facebook or anything else. But Awesome. Really well, in terms of Project Boom, Minos and I will continue working really hard to get our phone model up and bring you all of those updates as we ramp up in the next month or so. Minos will be coming out to Oklahoma very soon to be with the rest of the gang. And I'll definitely do my best to keep you guys updated from here in West Lafayette. But in terms of Project Boom, I've been Shiva Valbanani with Minos Park. And this is us signing off.